Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Last time on Dust World Neon City. Doc sees in the reflection of this mirror that's in front of him on this bar, somebody walking towards him. And they sit down next to him. And they slide, they like kind of wave the bartender and get two beers and slide another one over uh, since Doc has basically finished his first one. And you look up and you see a familiar face. His name is Gleason. And you know he can only be there for one reason. Because you killed his brother. So as you uh, are kind of trading blows with him, you notice that there is a strange substance leaking out of his uh, his arm wound. Like somehow his blood looks tainted. Uh, and I think what happens is as you see this, you recall a case that came across your desk from uh, from Hanjo, Detective Hanjo, uh, that was about a drug, a synthetic drug called Crush, which is highly addictive. It's the crush, isn't it? He's going to pop up the text while he's looking at him. 
uh, I think with that, he like kind of like takes a step back and like changes his stance a little bit. And he's like, how did how did you know who told you? The octohedron went went Icarus. My master was brokering a deal with Silva. She's the personal attendant of number three. I know all that. I just don't know what the hell Icarus is. We don't know either. Whatever it is, though, the Octohedron are paying a ransom for it and said that anyone who looks in it will have their memories erased back to childhood. I don't want you to leave. Maybe I can stay with you? Please. And he puts his hand out towards you. I grab hold of it. You can hear his voice in your head. This feels so familiar. As Doc Miller is leaving, like heading out to get in his car, all of a sudden he finds a bag over his head. (laughs) And he finds himself thrown inside of some sort of vehicle. (laughs) And he hears muffled talking through whatever this bag is, which seems to be sort of like keeping his uh, senses like confused and uh, and making it really hard to hear. And he feels this car like hovering up or vehicle and starting to drive away. And as it does, he hears a voice in his ear. Should I kill them all? Hello, I'm Paul Purnell, the DM of Dust World Neon City, an actual play podcast where we use a game, Dust World RPG, powered by the apocalypse, to tell an awesome narrative story. Roll the intro. Welcome to Neon City. It's crazy here. I'm telling you what. We got the smogs going to choke you out. Have our cars flying at 100 miles an hour. We got radioactive light of the spires cooking your brains. We got the cutters, the slices, the mechs. And look at this guy. We got the psychomancer, Clarence Wells. He's a pit fighter amnesiac with the power to crush you with his single thought. We got over here, Dr. Andrew Miller, the philanthropist doctor who's going to help you out. You just come to his door with your scraped knee. He gets you sorted. But secretly, he's got inside of him a parasite that wants to eat you. And over here, we got his right-hand man, Silent Monday. Dude don't talk, but he's got an LCD suit that pops up his thoughts with emojis and text. And he's got a sword that can cut through just about anything. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, well, then you're in the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Dust World Neon City. Clarence, you are floating in your pinkish glowing astral form, having just absorbed clear. What are you doing now? Getting back to my body. Okay, so within a moment, you find yourself back in your body. You are in your bedroom. The restorative pod has been broken and electrocuted you a little bit. Tuck took care of you after that, and you sent him off to go get an autograph from El Tigre. So he is making his way down to the arena. What are you doing? You, you do, I think, realize that it will only be a matter of time before they are able to trace uh, the psychic powers, like Esper powers, having been used uh, to you. 
So I need access to a doctor then to cure my electrocution burns. Am I still electrocuted? I take it. Uh, I think you you weren't hurt that bad. Okay. Does it show though? Is there evidence? Well, the electrocution burns were from your pod shorting out, so it's no big yeah. deal. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just am trying to figure out a way to not get tracked or to have some kind of alibi. I see. If only you knew a doctor. <laughs> All right, I know what to do. I'm going to look at the nearest wall and I'm going to slam my face in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, are you trying to hurt yourself? Yes. No, nah, I just need a bloody nose. Okay, yeah. I don't think a bloody nose is like necessary harm. Um, so yeah, you you scuff up your, your face pretty good with a wall. I kind of go wandering through the hallway out of my bedroom saying, oh, what the heck? What on earth was that? I, where's Kaiser Rex? There's a rogue telepath around here. So there are some guards like walking around in the hallway. I think this is going to be a sway somebody because you're trying to convince somebody that, <laughs> that this happened. Oh, uh, dear. You. Okay. You got an eight. That's not too bad. So uh, on an eight, uh, they aren't sure. So you better prove it. Um, I'm holding my bleeding nose. Yeah. You know? oh, okay. Hey, uh, oh, it's uh, the psychomancer. Hey, man. Um, here. And he pulls out like a handkerchief. Uh, it's like a cyber handkerchief. It's made of plastic. <laughs> he hands it to you. It's yeah. really garbage for actually mopping anything up. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a polymer. It absorbs. It super absorbs, but it feels real like polyester like. Um, uh, yeah. So I'll call that in for you. And he uh, taps his brace, his eye brace, which is the bracelet uh, communication device. And he starts talking. Yeah. So he calls and he's like, you know, hey, we've got a rogue telepath that uh, for some reason attacking the psychomancer. Uh, yeah. OK. Yep. Got it. And uh, and he like kind of opens his little palm pilot uh like letting it project on his hand and starts kind of like typing things um what are you doing yeah, now, now first first that albino disappeared now i'm being attacked this is starting to feel like a full frontal assault whoa full frontal you said full frontal <laughs> why do i even bother with idiots like you anyway um heartbreak i'm, I'm sorry uh I'll do this for you, uh, whatever your name is. Uh, Broikens? Right, yes. Um, oh, well, I, I think I need to be somewhere reasonably safe right now. I, well, not to say that, you know, I feel threatened, but I feel annoyed. Well, I believe they have a side dampening field in, uh, in Mr. Kaiser's office. No, that won't be necessary. Just, I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it myself. And I just kind of stomp off. Not totally sure where I'm going. Um, I'm going to look up, see if I can't see what's going on with the match. If El Tigre is still fighting or not. Uh, yeah, so you see that the fight is basically over. El Tigre is the winner. And they're, they're like... Uh, kind of closing down the matches for the evening. 
Okay. So I'm stuck there, but El Tigre's not? Right, El Tigre can come and go. Wow, incredibly lame. Well, you can go too. Like, you have a side-dampening neck, uh, like a collar on, but it wouldn't be that hard to break. Uh, but you, your memories are in the Crystal Concilium. All right. Um, I'm going to go try and chase down uh, El Tigre if I can. Yep. You don't have any problem. So uh, you're going to head down to the Coliseum. Uh, why don't we cut to the Coliseum? So El Tigre, you come off of the out of the arena and they bring uh, Wolf out in a stretcher and bring him into the um, kind of the the room. And there's like a doctor starting to look him over and stuff. Uh, also, Tuck comes into the room. He's wearing like that blue kind of puffy jacket with the big hood. And he's like, hey, how's it going, El Tigre? Good job. That was a cool match, man. El Tigre is going to do like a series of poses, kind of play uh, the tiger sound effect as he does them. Nice. He's definitely like using his uh, bracelet to like take photos of you. So he's going to pop up the text. So how's or uh, how's he looking there, Doc? Uh, the doctor like kind of messes with his glasses, has a little tablet that he's like kind of scanning. He's like. Uh, actually, he seems quite, uh, quite healthy. I'm, I'm surprised. I don't see any major internal bleeding. And, uh, and then, um, Wolf just sits up. He's like, yeah, I'm fine. Okay, I'm fine. And he gets up off the table, kind of like dusts himself off. And he, uh, everyone's just kind of like staring at him. And he's like, what? And then he walks over to you. By the way, is he still missing his arm from before? Yeah, I guess he is. Probably, I imagine he scooped it up or they brought it in. Yeah, they probably uh, just so tossed in the stretcher with him. <laughs> yeah, he's probably carrying his arm. He's like, not that fine. I'm like half fine. El <laughs> uh, Tigre is going to look over the dock and kind of say, do the whole text of, so uh, you going to put that back on or? The, the dock kind of like shrugs. Uh, would would you like us? Would you like us to put that back on? Um, he just uses it and he like waves at him, and he's like, "No, I'm fine. Thanks. Bye." And he walks over to you, and he's like, "So, uh, El Tigre," and he gives you like one finger gun, and like shakes his arm at you, and he's like, "You got the, uh, you know, you know." El Tigre is going to just to kind of mess with him a bit, kind of act like he doesn't know what he's talking about before doing the aha, pointing his finger up kind of pose. And then he's going to pull his phone up. OK. And he's going to message his favorite uh, purple dragon uh, fixer. OK, so the purple dragons are a Yakuza style gang. They wear black suits and all have like a purple dragon tattoo, obviously, uh, on their body somewhere. Uh, yeah, so you text Yama, and uh, so he gets this text, and what are you texting to him? Hey, what's up, Omi G? <laughs> he just, like, taps, like, a dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, got a favor to ask. Uh, you got any crush for sale? Uh, he texts you back. 
You don't usually uh, get down on that kind of stuff there, Monday. You sure you need some crush? Maybe I get you something a little softer, like like some sleeping pills. Nah, I'm bouncing tonight, and I could use a little bit of a uh, little bit of an edge, you know. Ah, uh, okay, I get you, I get you. Sure, uh, let's meet up at the the use. You know it. Uh, you on for poker on Saturday? Yep, I'm bringing the beers, right? You know it. The uh, Asahi Super Dry, right? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. You got it, boss. Not yet, man, not yet. All right, man, we'll get you there. Okay, I got stuff to do. I can't talk to you all night. I'm out. You're my offline. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps texting you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as you're like doing this, Wolf is just standing there watching you like, uh, what's, what's happening? What's happening right now? Do you, do you not talk? Is this, I thought this was a gimmick. You, you just, and he like kind of taps you on the side of the head. Hey, hey, with his, his decapitated arm, just smacking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monday's going to pop up the text. Hey, don't get so handsy with me. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, who's this? And he point, points over to Tuck, who's like literally sitting there staring at the both of you like giddy for like this whole time. Aaron fan of ours, apparently. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. You guys are freaking amazing. And the way you were like flying into the air with like a sword. Where the hell did the sword come from? I don't even know. And then you were like, and then like wind was like getting into his eyeballs. And you're yeah, you guys know you were there. OK, yeah, cool. Uh, you want me to like sign something? And he like takes his hand and just like slaps him with it. <laughs> Ow. Uh, yeah, that would be really cool here. Yeah. And he like pulls out some like pay, like a poster with the two of you on it. And uh, <laughs> Wolf puts the pin in his, in his hand and like scribbles on the poster. There you go. OK, shoot. Monday is going to just pull a marker seemingly out of nowhere and just scrolls a great epic text of his name nice. on it. Yeah, he like rolls it up and he's like holds it close and he's like, thank you guys. OK, bye. And he like sprint like springs off skipping. El Tigre is going to do like an epic kind of send off uh, kind of gesture to him. Nice. OK, great, great. Uh, so where's the stuff? Uh, oh, still kind of doing his pose. He's going to kind of motion for him to follow. And uh, and he's kind of like a little twitchy and he, he's following you. It's like, OK, OK, hurry up. Hurry this up. Yeah. Uh, the text, there's going to be text that pops up on his back. So, you know where that bar is, right? Uh, no, you know, that bar. Which bar. Oh, the bar that's called that bar. Yeah. Stupid name. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about it? That's where we're going to meet up with the contact. He has the crush. Oh. Uh, it's not here. Uh, hang on, uh, hang on. And he like walks over to one of the lockers and punches it and the locker just implodes. Okay, okay. Let's go. At this point, I'm hoping Clarence is able to be there. 
Yeah, I think as they're walking out, you're walking in, like right in front of them. And uh, I'm going to say in my full psychomancer voice, Oh, El Tigre. So you're the new people's favorite, huh? And I'm going to, can I telepathically message him? Yeah, totally. I'm going to message him. I think it would be wise if we played up a little bit of rivalry so people don't think we're working together. Maybe this is dumb, but I also just kind of like camping it up. Ah, I see. Very well. I will oblige you. Do consider, though, that time is of the essence, and I do have prior obligations, my friend. Oh, I can cut a really quick promo. (laughs) And so I say uh, aloud, Well, next time you come to the court, I think you'll find... Ah, shit. I don't really have any good ideas on this. Uh, It's okay. Uh, Also, this is the pit. I think uh, El Tigre is going to kind of do the thing where he draws his sword and points it towards him, and then somehow there's a rose clamped onto his mask. (laughs) Okay. And uh, I'm going to uh, put my finger on the sword a little bit. Almost like pricking my finger as if I don't, not very scared of it. It's like, hmm, you'll have to have this sharper than that next time we'll meet. And then I walk away. Uh, As you say that, I think Wolf waves his like decapitated arm and he goes, it's actually pretty sharp. Uh, (laughs) Listen, listen, it's going to have to be sharper than that. Tigre has kind of realized the moment's kind of gone, so he kind of just shrugs and starts walking towards the door. Telepathically, I just like, listen, it's been a long day. I'm saving my best material for print. Tell me about it. Did you want to tell him anything that's going on? Like, nope. Okay. That's none of his business. (laughs) Oh, then why'd you rush down here? Monday's going to kind of turn around all of a sudden, kind of face him. And then kind of making sure no one's looking, he's going to kind of hold up his hand and you see a picture of a wine glass show up. And then the words bar kind of with a question mark appear above it. Kind of like inviting you to join in. To the bar, that bar. Clarence? Yeah, to Clarence. Sorry. Oh. Hmm. As if, but I met telepathically uh, sent to him. I might be in disguise. We'll see how this goes. Uh, Monday is going to kind of do a kind of whatever shrug and then uh, see on his chest where no one else can see. He's going to pop a thumbs up. Um, I'm going to telepathically message Monday. Once you're done with this bar thing or whatever you're doing, I need to get out of here very quickly. I might have had a little gotten a little bit of giddy with the idea of leaving and did a little oopsie. That's one does. Uh, Monday, kind of in response to this, is going to do a kind of sword flourish uh, to put his sword away and kind of point at him like, you know, next uh, fight you. But mentally he's saying, oh dear, why does this always seem to happen? Very well. Do you have something in mind? Uh, 
Do you have any ideas on how to get this damn collar off me? Monday is going to kind of uh, draw the sword suddenly and kind of swing at it just to kind of test it. Like see oh, if his... he could cut through it with, with no problem. Like he's kind of he's trying to make it look like to everyone that he's just bluff swinging just to show how deadly he is without actually hitting him. The whole I'm okay. so precise that uh, I can cut uh, I can uh, swing really close to you without hitting you kind of thing. Oh, I, I think uh, Clarence will telepathically think I like what you're picking up. I think I can play with this and I'm going to say aloud. Oh, so you've decided your sword is sharp enough now. Hmm. Go on, give it a try. See what you can do. Hey, uh, uh, I need, uh, guys, come on, what, what, are, do we have to do this right now? I mean, and he's, like, waving his hand around, like, kind of need some stuff. Guys, Gatorade, you know, the gate, Gatorade, I need it. Can we, can we hurry this thing up? I think while Psychomancer's talking, Claire, uh, El Tigre is going to swing at him. Nice. So here's here's my thought is if Clarence is not moving and he's okay with uh with being swung at, then I would say this is just a face danger roll. Or if he wasn't moving at all, like if you guys had time and no pressure, I would say you could just do this. Like your sword is incredibly sharp. Like cutting through this collar shouldn't really be difficult. Um, but if you're trying to do it and make it look like you're cutting near him, but you just happen to cut off his collar, I think that that's either, you know, you're trying to convince people with a sway someone or you're facing danger, trying not to cut his face or his nose off. OK, uh, also, he's actually going to be aiming for uh, one of the metal lockers to just kind of cut it in two. OK, to make it, you know, to hide the fact that he cut the uh, collar. OK. And I think it'll be a face danger because he's trying not to hit uh, Psychomancer here. <laughs> I'm trying to cut your cut this thing off of your neck and not slice your head off. That was a seven. So I want to pop okay. a wild card. Uh, also, Clarence, Clarence can uh, do lend a hand. Yeah, I think I'll lend a hand for try to phase shift. So it grants a plus one. I've messed up somehow. <laughs> I'm going to say that the locker falls, the one that he cuts in half falls on him. So, uh, okay, so you're seven and nine. You get, uh, you miscalculate, overestimate, or flinch. So I'll give you a worse outcome, a tough decision, or a price to pay. Okay, so the worst outcome, I mean, obviously the most simple choice is uh, Clarence has a new scar on his face and takes some harm, um, but the thing still gets cut price to pay uh i think a price to pay is that clarence will take no harm but uh kind of the security will see that you're you're attacking a fighter outside of combat like outside of the ring and you will be kind of like disciplined they'll be like either some sort of fine or like put you on probation and they'll watch you more closely I was about to say, yeah, I think uh, as careful as Monday is going to be, uh, Clar uh, Clarence, I think he's going to take the hit. OK, so Clarence, um, not going to give you his full sword damage because that will probably kill you. So <laughs> I think just one harm and uh, and you now have a nice scar somewhere on your face. You can describe it. 
Um, it's kind of along my, since he's cutting my collar, it should be along my jawline, kind of. Okay. To my cheek. So, um. You can't gotcha. see Monday's you know. face behind the mask, but his eyes are boggling in horror right now. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, Wolf is just like, cool, cool. You cut the little shrimp. Let's go now. Uh, also to kind of play up the bit Monday's or LT gray is going to pop up the text. Feel how sharp my blade is now. (laughs) Is that truly the best you got? You didn't even cut my collar. Don't draw attention to it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I sent a message. Uh, You know, I don't know what I expected. All you hear is Monday going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I missed that color. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I think at that point, Tuck runs in. He's like, holy crap. Oh, no, your face. Oh, your moneymaker. Oh, no, not the moneymaker. Oh, psychomancer. And he like looks at uh, he, he looks at Monday and he like gives him like the finger. And he's like, that's very not cool, man. You were like so cool, but now you're not cool. And he walks over to, to psychomancer. All uh, all El Tigre is going to do is kind of point at Psychomancer and say, I'll continue giving you lessons on how, you know, the text pops up. See you in the ring, buddy. Cool, cool. That was really great. Uh, Wonderful. Too bad nobody was here to see it but me. Who doesn't care? Let's go, OK? Yeah, OK. Uh, think of that. Uh, Him and Wolf are just going to exit out now. We cut over to Miller, who is in a hover vehicle, and you can feel the vehicle rumbling underneath you. Uh, you have been forced into this van type hover vehicle and uh, you can hear a few voices in the van and there is a small, quiet voice whispering almost right in your ear. Would you like me to kill them all now? Miller just shakes his head. No. Is there like a bag on his head? Yeah. Okay. Miller just shakes his head. No. And listens carefully to try to get an idea of who has him and where exactly he's going. Cool. I think that that triggers survey your surroundings. Uh, 11. Not bad. Dope. Okay. Okay. So you get two. Okay. Let's go for, um, what's about to happen and what's my best way to escape. Okay. So what's about to happen? Uh, like you overhear them talking and they're like in connection with Benson and they're taking you to a place. Uh, to is it my birthday? Is it a surprise party? <laughs> it's a surprise party. Yep. Yay. Surprise party. Okay. Yeah. Really though. Yeah. What's my best way to escape? <laughs> um, Your best way to escape would be to uh, somehow oh, break kill everyone. Well, no, no, I don't think you have to kill everyone. Uh, break out break out of the I mean your most brutal d- disgusting and terrible way to escape would be to kill everybody uh, but you know you are a doctor and everything so maybe not oh no no yeah oh no no I wasn't going to do that I was just like well that is that is technically an option it's just not one that Miller would ever consider yeah yeah uh, I think your best uh, option would be to somehow use your uh, your creature features or your moves to get yourself loose 
and then try to jump out of the moving vehicle into another moving vehicle because the way that the, there's basically like highways in the skies, you know, so there's like multiple layers of traffic. And so you could probably, if you're lucky, jump down, you know, on top of like a, a garbage truck or whatever, or just onto a platform nearby or something. Uh, but to do that, you've got to get out of your bonds. Is there someone sitting on either side of me? Would it be noticed if I released a bit of the parasite? Uh, it would not. I think there are uh, there are a couple people in this van, um, two sitting in the front seats. And then there's a seat kind of like. Like the back is more kind of like a paddy wagon where there's like a a bench seat on one wall and uh, then you're on the floor like with your hands tied behind your back and a bag over your head uh kind of face down and then the other person is like sitting near you but you can't tell what he's doing okay like, you can just I'm kind of like hear, hear him. right correct okay um then would miller have to talk to he would have to talk to um, grin in order to give him instructions, right? To do what? To like try to get him free. Would he need to verbally communicate? Hmm. Uh, I think that. Or can he? Can he like stage whisper? Or can I stage whisper? Yeah, I think you could whisper super quietly to him. Okay. Like his um, ears well, are your ears, essentially. Oh, okay. So. If if Miller were to mouth something, would that be understood? Um, I don't know. Do you think it should be? Um, no, I think maybe because he he would have to, unless Grin's really good at reading his own lips. <laughs> um, that just doesn't make sense. So we'll have we'll we'll say that he can whisper really quietly and okay. pick it up. Yeah. So Doc says, Grin, I need you to get me free here. Can you can you try to loosen these ropes or whatever's holding me? Okay, so you say you need his help, and he goes, "Certainly, just give me." Yep. Okay. Yes, I think I can. I can do something. Uh, but you don't want to kill everybody, right? No. We're clear on that. It, d- yeah, Doc is like, no, no, no. What about half of them? No, absolutely no killing. One one third. No. Maiming. No. Dismembering. Stop asking. <sighs> okay, fine. 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 Hey guys, it's Paul Purnell here, the creative director of the RPG Empire, and I am excited to introduce Tanner from our Dust World Season 2 podcast, and he has a special project that he's been working on the side that just got released. Can you tell us a little bit about it, Tanner? I'm happy to. So I've been writing an audio drama, a weird Western horror podcast called Pit of the West. And it is about a former bank robber who, after betraying his gang for a handful of gold, makes a deal with a mysterious benefactor to save his own skin. And this deal leaves him marked with an evil curse and he must wander the supernatural underbelly of 1880s America to rid himself of it and perhaps redeem his very soul. Well, we're going to go ahead and play a quick clip that you provided, and let's hear it. The American Territories, North Dakota, the year 1887. A man flees for his life, hunted by his former compatriots. 
The sun sets in the distance, and he knows there is little hope for him. The man's name is Ezra Gray, and he has accumulated a fearsome reputation in his 28 years. He's been known as many things in his time, bank robber, murderer, and cattle rustler, to name a few. But as he rounds into an abandoned church, hoping to find peace and sanctuary, the sound of his doom echoes in the distance. This is Pit of the West, a weird Western podcast written by Tanner Adams and produced by B. Wynn, with main cast voices by Patrick Kilday, Billy Norse, and Matt McCann. As you lay there, one of your hands starts to feel really weird and kind of itchy. And uh, and they're like tied behind your back. This guy, you can't see, um, but for the audience sake, he's basically like on his phone. You know, he's got his eye brace and he's, his palm is facing him and he's like scrolling through random uh, future cyber cyber book. <laughs> it's, it's still Reddit. like uh yeah reddit reddit one billion um and as that's happening your hand like it gets weird and itchy and then suddenly this strange sensation of you not being able to feel your hand and then you feel the most strange sensation which is your hand falls off and like over to your side and kind of crawls underneath your jacket uh, with that, your hand easily, like your arm that remains, can slip right out of the the bracelet that's tying you. Um, and when you look down, uh, like in the bag has now crawled your hand. But as you look at it, it is a small, weird looking squid creature. And uh... its eyes look right in yours and it says, OK, you should be able to get your hand out now. Um can we say that the the hand gestures in like the okay symbol with your thumb and your forefinger? <laughs> the, the octopus, the the yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Somehow he can talk. It has a mouth. Horrible. But yeah, oh, if God. you wanted to, like, it's not cousin it. And it I, just and turned I your must, hand into this thing. Um, it has a mouth, and I must scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, can Doc move freely now? Is he untied? Yeah. If you want to pull your like your hand is gone. So the thing that was holding your arms together is no longer there. You can move it out easily. Okay. Um, before uh, Doc is going to keep his hands where they are so that um, also he kind of like gestures with his head for Grin to kind of like pull the, the, the bag over his head up a little bit so he can get a look at the situation before he acts on it because he doesn't really know what's going on in his surroundings okay i think what grin does is he cuts a little hole in it uh with his little yeah. beak, his little beak uh, and then he uh <laughs> he goes out of the bag and he kind of like looks around and he relays it back to you that there are two uh strong looking men uh if you want you can roll uh survey your surroundings again to get like more information on them um and this can be can with your a- plus one yeah yeah Oh, I get a I get a um, plus one with parasite partner and with search party I get plus two I think. Oh, two total. Eight. 
So I get to ask you one question. Okay. What heroes of use are valuable to me? Um, here. Hmm. I, I think what you see is that there is a bag uh, nearby, like near you, that you think probably has stuff related to who these people are. And maybe if you grabbed it on your way out, you might find some like clues in it. Okay. So is this one of those where it's like a deliver, like one of those delivery trucks where there's a big old double door in the back of it? And am uh, I thinking of that correctly? Um, I was thinking that there was, it was more like a white, like a big white van that has a sliding door on the side, but I think it would have two doors on the back as well. So it's not okay, as big okay. as a delivery truck. It's like a smaller sort of like, you know, like the original Amazon vans, not the new ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, in that case, Doc is going to uh, kind of whisper to Grin, you know, all right, you need to get back on me and we're going to get the hell out of here. Oh, don't worry. I've got an idea. I'll make an don't. I'll make a distraction. I'll meet is you later. Gonna, is it going to involve killing people? Well, not directly. No. I promise not to you hurt know. anybody. Myself. Doc, Doc takes a moment to think about, like, what Grin is hiding from him. Like, you know, him, him saying it that specific way, just kind of like, what's a way that Grin could interpret that <laughs> to where someone would get hurt? <laughs> All right. So Doc feels like he has to clarify no hurting people, no killing people directly or indirectly. You're just really taking all the fun out of everything. Fine, I will. That's kind of my job. Not do anything that I think will hurt anybody. No, that I think would hurt anybody. I will not do anything that you think I would think that you think would hurt anybody. <laughs> all right. You know what? Okay, bye. And he like squirms out of the hole and starts like squirming. Doc is kind of like. And the guy who's dead. like watching his palm pilot like sees Grin on the floor and like, oh, but just for a second because he moves real quick, right? And he's like, hey, what the hell was that? And the guys in the front are like, what? What are you talking about? There was like a, a weird little thing on the floor. It was real gross. And he like starts looking around and he kind of like comes down. And he like kind of boots you a little to try and get you out of the way. And he's like looking. And then all of a sudden the driver is like, oh, God, oh, what is this? And Grin has like slapped himself right on the guy's face and is like right over oh, his God. eyes. And he's like biting him, but not like it doesn't seem like you're hearing screaming, but it doesn't sound like uh, really terrible. At this point, you can easily remove the bag from your head if you want. Uh Definitely the the guy who was in the back is now like trying to help the driver get this thing off of his head. He's like, oh, God. Oh, Frank. Oh, oh, dear. Oh, God. Oh, it's slimy. Oh, God. Ew, ew. And the other guy's like hitting him in the face with like a book. <laughs> the driver's just is like, it ow, like a, ow, ow. Is it kind of like a, a face? Yeah, hugger? I was like, is it a well, is it like a three stooges thing where yeah, yeah, he yeah. goes to hit him and then, yeah, he moves, he moves up. So he just hits him in the head. Yeah. Oh yeah. To I totally got the face hugger thing. Gross. Um, so at this point, doc is going to sigh to himself, um, you know, kind of stand up as much as he's able 
and um, let himself out the back. And he's going to jump out of the vehicle, try his best to duck and roll or whatever you do when you jump. You are flying in a hover vehicle and you are like hundreds of feet in the air. So maybe we can have a, a shot where Doc, like, Doc doesn't realize <laughs> yes. that he's off the ground and he looks down and he's like, oh, you, you, right. like, you like run and you go and like push the door open and like you're come like, oh. out of the door and you're like hanging on the handle for a second. You're like, oh. Um, and Doc is going to close his eyes, realizing that he's probably dead if he stays. Is it kind of like in the fifth element where you exactly have, like well, the fifth I mean, element? A lot. Okay, cool. Yeah, Doc um, is going to so hold close on. his eyes. As, oh, sure. as you're yeah, hanging yeah. out like of this door, like like vertical, Grin like sees this from the front and like extends his tentacles to like start controlling the vehicle, and he causes the vehicle to like <laughs> go down so that you'll kind of like roll back on the inside. Um, did you want to grab the bag? Oh, yes. Um, maybe we can say that, like, when... So, Grin drops the vehicle down and we click quickly lose altitude. You have hover cars, you know, yeah, like, honking. Yeah, definitely. You're <laughs> like, we you're breaking several traffic, lanes of traffic. You know? Yeah, 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 totally. And whenever he levels it out, the bag goes flying into the air and Doc grabs it with his... his free dangling his hand that's dangling in the air like his arm (laughs) yeah 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 his arm that's his wait hold on is grin has grin like taking control of one of his one of doc's hands yeah grin is your hand probably your left hand if you're right-handed i imagine he would not take your dominant hand that would be a jerk move well i mean it is grin so it's maybe true. we can say it flies out of the van and Doc is like, Green, grab that. <laughs> and he like <laughs> or you reaches could just back scoop it and up, gets it. You know, you could scoop it up with your with my arms. It's it's arm. like a messenger bag. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm imagining okay. it's a messenger bag, so you could like kind of catch the the strap. Um Sure. Yeah, so as you are you're like kind of back in and you're ready. You, you realize now that you are flying. Uh, Grin made sure that you didn't just fall to your doom because that would definitely be not good for him too. And uh, what are you doing now? And you do get um, a plus one to escape because of your surveyor surroundings. Earlier. All right. Um, Doc shouts to Grin. I'll, you know, like, I'll, I'll see you soon. And... Doc closes his eyes and he's going to drop. <laughs> okay, roll face and, danger. All right. Eyes closed and, this and everything. Is, oh, man. It, it's kind of like the, he Grin said he'd meet up with him later. He's just going to... And there's traffic underneath, right? We're not just falling into open air, right? Right, right. There is vehicles moving back and forth underneath. Okay. But you might all need right. to like be able to see to grab onto him or something. But we'll, we'll see how luck... Uh, all right. Ooh, I like that. Um, I rolled a seven. Okay. So that is a mixed success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Doc lets go of the handle and finds himself falling. And with that, we cut back to, to Monday. Um, Monday, you are walking out of the, um, out of the front of this casino. Wolf is right behind you. Um, you flag down your limousine and everything with no problem. 
Um, what are you? Because you're heading out of here, right? That was what your plan was. Uh, yeah, just walking to the bar, basically. Did you? Were you gonna do anything else with Clarence before you left? I uh, think that's it. He was able to successfully avoid attention in cutting the collar, so essentially Clarence is free at the moment. Um, he already did the infamous cutting his face thing, so I think at this point he's going to try and just slip off and pretend nothing happened. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think with that you and Wolf hop in the limousine that you know you've used as your sort of cover vehicle, and it starts taking you out of here. Um, you probably can't show up or it might not be wise to show up as El Tigre to places that you go as yourself because people will recognize you. Um, what is your plan with that? Uh, he's going to like, well, he has like the cape and stuff on, right? As El Tigre. Yep. He's going to kind of just, mm -hmm. uh, if they're using this limo, I'm going to assume there's like a hidden compartment on it. Uh, he's essentially going to take the cape off, stuff it off, remove the tiger stripes from his LED suit and kind of go as his normal, put on his old crappy duster that has Silent Monday on the front. Okay. Oh, uh, are we going, like, is it a incognito thing? Should I, uh, and he, like, takes off his jacket? Like, how's that? Is that better? He's going to toss him a trench coat that's in there. Oh, cool. And a uh, big old, one of those big old, uh, like an actual fedora hat, not a, uh, you know, those trendy little crappy ones. Yeah, he puts on the hat. Um, he is wearing also, like, a, a pretty geared up cybernetic suit similar to yours except not leds yeah so you guys are on your way there do you want to ask him anything or do anything else uh i'm gonna say during the trip drive? uh he's gonna start asking uh wolf about his past there uh, about Ma the uh map tournaments okay uh <clears throat> yeah i think when wolf uh gets more comfortable he pulls like his hood off and his like cloak off and you can see his face and he's wearing like a ventilator and he takes his ventilator off. Um, so he sounds less Darth Vader-y. Um, what do you ask him in particular? So I've been a fan of your earlier works, the MAB, uh, MAB tournaments. He's going to kind of start things off with just to see how he reacts. Yeah, yeah, sure. Cool, 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 cool. So what led you away from those, friend? Uh, apologies for prying, just curious. Um, yeah, yeah, well, there's this, uh, well, as you know, this, this drug crush, uh, it's, it's super, 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 oh man, uh, it's very addictive, and, um, yeah. And so, you know, some of these, uh, some of these purple dragon types, uh, gave it to me and, uh, and now I'm, um, yeah, I'm hooked. I'm hooked, man. I got, I got to get it or it hurts. It's bad. I gotta, I gotta get it. They've been using it to get me to do things for them. It's, it's really annoying. And if I didn't need it, I would definitely end them in one way or another. Monday is going to kind of sidle up to him, kind of do the whole hands under the chin kind of thing, looking at him. And then the text, what if I told you I knew the right people to get you off of it? He like kind of leans forward and he's like, 
You're not like screwing with me, are you? Monday is going to put on his serious face, which is no LEDs, nothing like that. Just kind of staring at him. Does this look like, and then the text, does this look like the face of someone who's joking? Kind of looks like a mannequin, like at the gap, the cyber gap, like a cyber gap mannequin. Exactly. Creepy gap mannequin is telling you he knows people. Okay, great. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, well, what do we do until then? Because... I'm about to go. I'm about to flip out, man. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm about to. I'm about to flip out. How man. long in between doses? Mm. Twenty-four hours. Yeah. After that, it starts to get real, real, real foggy. Real foggy. Fast. Fast foggy. Real bad. Okay. I'll get you this dose. After that, though. If you're serious about this, I'll get in touch with my people and we'll try and get you to them. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take a nap. Just right here. And he like lays over and goes to sleep. And while he's asleep, uh, Monday is going to pull up his phone and give his buddy Hanzo a message. Okay. What are you texting Hanzo? Chief. Um, yeah, as you do that, uh, we're going to cut over to Clarence. Clarence, you uh, just got cut in the face. Uh, Tuck is, you know, dressing your wounds. The The doctor is also there, like, uh, suturing you up. I think uh, go ahead and heal one harm. Uh, so you should be down to only having one harm left. Of hurt of harm have only taken one. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so they're patching you up. What are you doing or thinking? What's your plan? I'm, uh, going to telepathically tell Tuck. Tuck, it's time for me to go. Uh, telepathically, well, like, he's making a face at you that you can tell he's trying to communicate with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm listening. Do you listen to him? Yeah. Uh, he says, oh, uh, okay, what do I need to do? I'm going to, right? I'm going to try and find a way to. Do you have a color on? And uh, he like lifts up one of his pant legs and you can see there's like a um, bracelet around his ankle. Damn. I don't think this is going to. I'll come back for you. That is a solemn promise. And in a very short order. Wait, what? Uh, I mean, you've got telekinesis, right? Just, you know, just break it, break it right, break it right off. It's like so easy. You like threw guys through the air like hundred of feet. Yeah, you know, you're right. There's nobody around. This is almost suspicious. I hope I'm not being played. I'm going to break off his collar with telekinesis. Okay, roll telekinesis. So on the 10 plus, uh, you don't take any harm. So don't worry about that. Uh, you have two picks. I'm breaking a limb, but it's the collar. <laughs> a collar, yeah. a kind of limb. No, that makes no sense. But well, I'm breaking his little thing. And then. Um, yeah. Mm, or you have control over something would work. I yeah, think. Yeah. You have fine control over something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you like use your telekinesis and basically like break just the lock part and it just pops open. Oh, great. Great job. Uh-huh. Now we just have to um, become fugitives for the rest of our life. And, uh, you know, also we need to knock out this doctor somehow. I don't think we need to take out the doctor. Like, you just got hurt. Let's walk out of here. Uh, okay. Oh, oh my God. Uh, this is still mentally, but like Clarence's face, you know, was kind of doing this, you know, uh, kind of puckered, I'm the psych master, I'm badass look to kind of more, kind of a little bit of panic. It's like, I don't even remember what life is like outside. Oh man. Uh, don't we need to get like your brain back or whatever? Yeah, but let's. I gotta get out of here. Um, we'll get the memories later. Hopefully, we can negotiate that. Uh, okay. Let's. And so uh, Clarence will uh, start speaking. He's like, "Well, Tuck. Uh, uh, thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Uh, well, I guess we're going to have a, uh, uh, be off now." I'm just looking at Tuck, like, in this panic way, yep. like, I don't know what to say here. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take him back to his uh, room. Okay, bye. And he just starts wheeling you out in a in a wheelchair. You don't think this is conspicuous? No, I mean, like, pretty much after every match, we wheel you out, so why would people care? Yeah, but we gotta leave. Well, Well, we can't go out the front door. No, no, I, I guess not. I'm, I'm not good at this type of thing. Oh, at this point, Clarence is talking. So, oh, you're talking out loud. Uh, yeah, starting to muttering. Uh, should we like? Can't can't you do that thing where you like see with your brain, like, and maybe you can see an exit or something? I, I'm. I mean, they've got side dampers up, but I I think hopefully. They don't have them up in too many areas. Yeah, let's let's see what I can do. I'm okay. sorry. Just I did not expect this. Life is unexpected, but uh I think we can get out of here. You're really powerful, and uh I'll walk next to you. <laughs> uh, go Thanks. Do you want another mojito before we go? And he rolls. No, I want to get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> you guys are like rolling in the back hallways, and then one of the rooms, like the doors, go right out to the uh, to the bar area and the gambling. No, let's um, just let's just go. Okay, so I think he starts wheeling you down the hallway, and uh, with that, we cut back to uh, Silent Monday. So we cut back to Monday, who's in this flying limousine, and he's heading towards that bar. When suddenly through the roof of the limousine into the seating area, Miller comes right into Ah, this room. Fancy meeting you here. Nice of you to drop in. So that's it for this episode of Dust World Neon City. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out our mailing list and our website, therpgempire.com, where you can connect with us, get merch and even download games. Talk to you soon. Remember, play on.